This is Jim Wallace for the Soul of the Nation. Today I'd like to have a conversation with you about impeachment, the biggest issue on our political landscape, whether or not to begin impeachment proceedings against President Donald Trump. This is a tough question. I'm not even sure how I feel, but I want to talk it through with you all today because we better talk this one through and figure out what is the best course of action because the soul of a nation, the title of this podcast, literally depends on what happens to Donald Trump. So I'm going to call this from the I word to the D word. The I word, which Donald Trump calls it, is, of course, impeachment the constitutional process in the Congress of charging and then in the Senate convicting a president for abusing the public trust and committing wrongdoings. Here's what the Constitution says, that a president shall be removed from office on impeachment for the conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. That is what is politically required as specifics for impeachment and ultimately politically decided. The other key word here is crimes and who has the authority to conclude that crimes have been done by a president. So the D word is dictator. Dictator, which is the word I believe must now be brought into the political conversation. Historian John Meacham said it clearly this week. Here's what he said. We're going to be dealing with this for a long time. We know that the presidency has not changed Donald Trump. But we don't yet know as to what extent Donald Trump has changed the presidency. Meacham, the historian, goes on. And will this kind of really totalitarian mindset infect the office going forward. Unclear. Throughout our history, we've had moments of chaos and then order. There have been moments of crisis and restoration. That's what we have to hope for and work for going forward. That's a historical point of view, and I think a factual one. That was illustrated by what Senator Amy Klobuchar said recently of her experience on the Trump inauguration stage. That day when I sat on that stage between Bernie and John McCain, and John McCain kept reciting to me names of dictators during that speech, because he knew more than any of us what we were facing as a nation. He understood it. He knew because he knew this man more than any of us did. Robert Mueller also spoke about his special counsel report. Who knows why Mueller waited so long to speak? And only after the president and his attorney general, Bill Barr, altered public perception of the report. We do know is this man, Mueller, seems to move slowly, methodically, and not always clearly or courageously. The only real clarity was at the beginning and at the end of his short statement. Russian intelligence officers who were part of the Russian military launched a concerted attack on our political system. The releases were designed and timed to interfere with our election 
and to damage a presidential candidate. Then Mueller ended his report by saying, I will close by reiterating the central allegation of our indictments that there were multiple systematic efforts to interfere in our election. And that allegation deserves the attention of every American. But how many Americans have read the report or even seen a summary of it? What has the chief executive of the United States and our commander-in-chief done about this evidence of a massive Russian effort to interfere with our elections? Donald Trump has done absolutely nothing. Despite 140 contacts between Trump aides and the Russians, Mueller could not reach the legal bar of conspiracy. But on Trump's possible obstruction of justice, Mueller offered one of the most, I think, convoluted public statements we have ever heard. Here's what Mueller said on Wednesday. The introduction to the volume two of our report explains that under long-standing department policy, a president cannot be charged with a federal crime while he is in office. That is unconstitutional. Even if the charge is kept under seal and hidden from public view, that too is prohibited. The special counsel's office is part of the Department of Justice, and by regulation, it was bound by that department policy. Charging the president with a crime was therefore not an option we could consider. That is entirely contrary to what Barr has previously said about Mueller's motivations and sense of directives. Mueller punted to the Congress, and here is how he put it. The opinion says that the Constitution requires a process other than the criminal justice system to formally accuse a sitting president of wrongdoing. The other place, quote-unquote, is constitutionally the Congress, which brings up the I-word, as the president calls it, impeachment. That was not part of his job, Mueller said. So he turned over the evidence of what he discovered to allow and enable another branch of government to act. Or not. Just read my report, said Mueller, and you can see for yourself. I'm done. Well, sorry, Bob. There are many questions. Already, nearly 1,000 Republican and Democratic prosecutors from various levels of the federal system and from across the country, rural, urban, everything, together wrote a letter, all signed one letter, in response to the Mueller report's extensive evidence of what the president did to obstruct justice. The letter was published around the country, and it's worth a read. What they say is, each of us believes the conduct of President Trump If he weren't the president, he would have been charged with multiple felony charges for obstruction of justice. They go on to say, the Mueller report describes several acts that satisfy all the elements for an obstruction charge. That he either obstructed or attempted to obstruct truth-finding processes, to use their language, to which the evidence of a corrupt intent and connection to pending proceedings is, to use their word, overwhelming. Overwhelming evidence of obstruction of justice. And were he not the president, he would have been charged. Anybody else would have been charged. These are federal prosecutors. 
Then there now is one Republican, Justin Amash, from Michigan, my home state. So far, the only member of his party thus far to call for impeachment. Here's what the one Republican, let's call him their one profile in courage, said this week. Attorney General Barr has deliberately misrepresented key aspects of Mueller's report, which has helped further the president's false narrative about the investigation. Barr has so far successfully used his position to sell the president's false narrative to the American people. He summed it up by saying this, here are my principal conclusions. One, Attorney General Barr has deliberately misrepresented the Mueller report. Two, President Trump has engaged in impeachable conduct. Three, partisanship has eroded our system of checks and balances. Number four, few members of Congress have read the report. One congressman so far showing a profile and courage on the Republican side. Now, let's talk politics. Chances for impeachment and conviction of Donald Trump are indeed very low. Only one Republican so far in the House, and still a minority of Democrats, are open to beginning an impeachment process. The Republicans in the Senate, remember now, the ones who'd have to convict on impeachment in our system, House impeaches, Senate convicts, the Republicans are solidly behind Donald Trump, with their leader, Mitch McConnell, saying he wouldn't even bring an impeachment vote to the floor and won't even have any discussion about the Constitution. Instead, Republicans are now supporting an investigation into the, quote, treason of government officials who decided to investigate the president in the first place. That's extraordinary. That's where the Republicans are. Now, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, therefore, is facing a profound political problem. More and more people are coming to believe this is a matter of principle and not politics, that if you won't seek impeachment of a president like Donald Trump, when would you ever do it in fulfillment of your constitutional obligations in Congress? Nearly everyone acknowledges that Senate Republicans who control the majority would remain loyal to Trump, acquit him of any wrongdoing, and therefore keep him in office. Many believe that Trump would and could successfully use the impeachment attempt, naming it as a partisan charade, to boost support from his base and others in ways that would help him win re-election. Most Americans rightly still want to see political changes happen at the ballot box and not through impeachment hearings, which are, by their very nature, indeed, political. Here's what I'm struggling with. The impeachment question isn't just principled or political. It should not be done for either political advantage, partisan on either side, or because of abstract principles that most Americans don't know or wouldn't vote for. Rather, we must all discern, using that biblical word, discern, think through carefully, prayerfully, thoughtfully, discern the strategic moral importance to this ultimate question of how to best remove an American dictator from the presidency.
me say it again. The strategic moral importance to the ultimate question of how to best remove an American dictator from the presidency. Would a formal impeachment process really increase the information, the cooperation from the White House that would help reveal the truth? Or would the would-be dictator continue to stonewall as he has been doing? Any investigative requests, as tyrants always do, what would we do then? Arrest him? Really? This is no longer a partisan issue. Here's what I mean. Because the Republican Party has been taken over by a potential dictator, you don't have political leaders on all sides feeling subject to the rule of law and normal protocols and procedures. They will defend Donald Trump no matter what, no matter what the evidence shows, no matter what information arises. They are now under the control of a man who always has been, wants to be, and always will want to be a dictator. He has taken over the Republican Party on the basis of fear. So you don't have, as you did in Nixon's days, people on both sides of the political aisle who cared about the rule of law, who cared about political processes and wanted to abide by them. That won't work this time. And the faith community, which should never be politically partisan, must make moral decisions in elections and not succumb to Faustian political bargains. Here's the bottom line for me. Donald Trump is, and always has been, a consummate liar, an amoral human being, a completely selfish man with no concern for any others an ultimate wealth and power-seeking megalomaniac, and the kind of leader who always has and will always want to be a tyrant and a dictator. Removing him from power is therefore a task central to the soul of the nation and to the integrity of faith. This is Jim Wallace for the Soul of the Nation.